Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today we're going to be in a brand new book of the Bible. We're starting the book of Malachi. Uh, we'll be in Malachi chapter 1 verses 1 through 5 if you want to mark your Bibles. I simply entitled this, The Lord is Magnified Beyond the Border of Israel. The Lord is magnified beyond the border of Israel. Uh, we are dealing with one of the minor prophets. It's actually the last book of the Old Testament, written some 40 years after Nehemiah uh, and Ezra. Uh, we see that they're struggling with a lot of the same things, and it's very important. There's a couple of things about Malachi that you need to know. One, we don't get very much about Malachi. You don't, and that's the beauty of Malachi, is you learn more about God in this book than you do about Malachi. Nothing wrong with knowing stuff about the, the prophets that were used, but it's awesome that, and it's an example for us, is like, do people know us more for God, or do they know us more because of who, who you are? Like, are we glorifying God in our daily life and they know more about, hey, that, that, that man, that woman, they follow Jesus. Because to me, that's how I, when I looked at this, I was like, man, you, you, as you study this, you're learning more about the word of the Lord than you are about Malachi. And I love that. Remember that. Don't, let, don't forget that. The other thing that's very important is Malachi is dealing with uh, a couple of things that he has to, as a prophet, he has to share. Uh, the Lord gives him simply... A few things that are happening. One is sloppy worship. And what is sloppy worship? Well, they were giving, giving the Lord their sacrifices were full of defective animals. Sloppy worship. You know, our, our, when we do things unto the Lord with our time, our talent, our treasure, is it sloppy? See, they were having issues with the tithe. Now, you remember Nehemiah had issues with the tithe as well. They're also going to be having issues with marriage. They're going to be struggling with allowing foreign women uh, to the men to marry again, and, and they're bringing in their false gods and their false beliefs. And, and we see the problem with that. Uh, we also will, will see uh, the Levitical priests that are corrupt. And not only the Levitical priests that are corrupt, the church is inept and, and that says a lot about what's happening today as we see the church so divided over silly things silly things 
And we'll talk about that in today's study too. But then the, the last thing that's very relevant that we uh, see is we see a corrupt government and an inept government. And that's very relevant to the times that we're in today. The book of Malachi is a wonderful book, and I hope that you stick with us as we go through it. We're going to be going through it pretty fast. We'll, we're, we're only dealing with the first five verses this week, and then next week we'll, we'll have the whole, um, the whole chapter done in one shot. Uh, but I hope that you enjoy this. I hope that uh, this study uh, speaks to you, um, and as it has me, uh, I love the fact that we are reminded that the nation of Israel belongs to God and that He loves them. He loves them, and He will protect them. So I hope you enjoy the book of Malachi. This is Malachi chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. Simply entitled, The Lord is Magnified Beyond the Border of Israel. Isn't that true? Here is the first half of this two-part study. So, I've been asked, why are we doing the Old Testament on Sunday? Why not? Right? I prayed about this back in, in June because I was thinking, what are, what's going to be the next book when we finish Ephesians? And I thought, you know what? We're going to have just enough time to dive into the book of Malachi. And I would love to do Malachi because it will lead us right into the 400 years of silence that wasn't silent. It will lead us right into the, the birth of John the Baptist and then the, the, the coming birth of Christ. And as we head into Advent season. And what's sad about Malachi is as we get into this story is Malachi is only removed some 40 years after the temple has been rebuilt. And so it's partners really with Ezra and Nehemiah. And what Malachi is dealing with is some of the same things that Nehemiah was dealing with. Nehemiah was struggling with intermarriage and, and also with tithing issues. They had allowed somebody into, a Gentile into the, uh, the temple that was actually living in the temple, the chief priest. And it affected the tithes. So the Levites weren't receiving the tithes. And so they had worship stopped because the singers had to go back out into the fields. You had mixed marriages. And I love that verse in Nehemiah 13 where he pulls the beards. Because I know every pastor wants to pull something. Sometimes to get you to wake up. As Pastor Joe would always say. And sometimes I just want to take them out back. Just for a few minutes. Because some people are just hard-headed. And, and, and they don't get it. But Nehemiah is dealing with that as he comes back and he's having to deal with them marrying other women. And the problem is, is they weren't even speaking the language of Judah. They were speaking a foreign language. They're kids. And that's a problem. He tells them in, in, in verse 25, Nehemiah 13, You shall not give your daughters as wives to their sons, nor take daughters as your sons yourselves. And he's dealing with all of this. And this is what Malachi is dealing with. These first five verses are dealing with the love of God for the nation of Israel. And then we'll see the rebuke that happens not only to the priest, the Levitical priest, but then you'll have the rebuke that happens to the people. And we have the hope in, in, in chapter 3, verse 1, with the anticipation of the, the messianic promise that's there. But what I love about this is this is like a Q&A that happens. 
And some of the questions are the same way that we answer God at times. Very pridefully. Wrong. I always tell you, it's okay for you to question God. But when you do it pridefully, it's wrong. And I love that Jesus would always answer a question with what? A question. If you're ever evangelizing, that's the greatest way to evangelize. Answer the question with a question. So as we get into the book of Malachi, one of the things that we'll see is we get that God's love for Israel. And that has not stopped. It has not stopped. People will ask, well, why did October 7th happen? Doesn't God love Israel? God didn't do that. Sin did. Sin did. And the evil of men. I've always said the, the worst thing is being in combat is watching a group of men be turned over to allow that evil to unfold. Where there's no, just do what you want. And that's what's happened with Hamas. And we're seeing these, these pro-Palestinian marches and things that are happening in our own country and they're orchestrated. Please understand that. You don't get that many people together that quickly with signs without somebody spending some money and doing it. You need to wake up to those things. You need to inform people why we support Israel. I had a, a friend of mine that told me the other day, he goes, I, I have a dog that keeps going into my... Into some, we don't know what neighbor's dog it is. It keeps stealing chickens out of my roost, my, out of the hen house. And he keeps eating them and eating them. And at some point, I'm not going to have anything left for my family. I have to do what I have to do to the dog. And there, I know everybody in California is going, no, right? But you're in Texas. You got to protect your property. At some point, hey, he put the thing out. Hey, is this your dog? Please come get it. Nobody would come get it. And so eventually what you have to do is you have to, like what Israel is doing, I'm not saying that the Palestinians are dogs or Hamas is dogs, but what I'm saying is eventually after every pre peace treaty that's broken and broken and broken, not by Israel, but by Hamas and by the Palestinians, eventually you have to do what you have to do. And so there are a lot of people that are saying, well, how can Christians support something like that? Look, we always want peace. But sometimes God is going to do what he needs to do to protect the, the nation of Israel. And if that's going into and blowing up tunnels and doing what he has to do, he's going to do that because he loves Israel. And that's what we're going to look at here at the very beginning. The Lord loves Israel in verse 1. The burden of the Lord to Israel by Malachi... Right, so the first thing we get is we get the word of the Lord, uh, the word of God that's given to us here. And the word Malachi actually just means my messenger. And the thing that I love about Malachi is normally when you have something about the uh, prophet, you have all this information about the prophet, but with Malachi, you get nothing, which is how it should be with us as pastors. You should get the word of God. It shouldn't be about us. It should be about God's word, that we're, we're giving God's word to you. We're messengers of God to, to give God's word uh, as Malachi did, uh, to allow God's word to speak to your heart. But he says the burden, the load, the weight that's there. And he's, that, that term is used in Zechariah 9.1, the burden of the word of the Lord against the land of Hadrach. 
And so we see that 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 term has been used before. The burden that's there, you think about it, that God knows that they're going to turn their ears off and they're going to close their eyes. In Isaiah chapter 6, verses 9 through 10, and he said, Go and tell this people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and, and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and return and be healed. It's the understanding that when we have a burden, it's the same burden that we have as pastors as we put the Word of God together. It burdens me because I go through it every week. The things that I'm trying to teach you, I'm learning myself. And that's why I always try to, I always make this point. I try to be real with you. I'd rather my, uh, let you know that my feet are made of clay. That you don't put any pastor on any pedestal at any time. Because we're just like you. We're learning the Word of God just the way you are. We're just spending more time diving into the context of the Scripture and making sure that we can present it to you. And I know that when I present it to you, it's a burden on my heart and there's going to be opposition from others. That's a guarantee. That there will be people with dull ears that don't want to have their hearts open to the Word of God. But what we do is we proclaim God's Word. My job as a man of God is to open the Word of God and the power of God to proclaim the Son of God of the benefit of the people of God that they, may, they might more clearly see God and more readily obey God all for the honor and glory of God. That's what my, my whole soul position is. And as we go precept upon precept, as Calvary Chapel always does, sometimes it's a sweet smelling aroma. It should always be to the follower of Christ. But to somebody who's walking in sin, somebody who's opposing God, it's going to be the smell of death. That's what the Word of God does. That's why you have opposition. That's why you have, you know, as Christians, if you haven't seen, you're under attack in America. Every chance the news can, all those right-wing Christians and their beliefs and pro-Israel thoughts, they're opposing you. You need to know precept upon precept why you follow God and how you can tell that person that's telling you those things. That's not what God says in His Word. You have to know where to go to. It has to be a burden to know that there are people that are lost. When I see what we see happening in the world today, it just lets me know there are more lost people than we ever thought. Than we ever thought. That are walking around in our cities. That have no clue. Our youth are, are being indoctrinated in, in college. They need to know the Word of God. It's important for us to, to do that. As, as we have, we should have a burden for the Word of the Lord as well. But do we? Do you have a burden to pick up the Bible in the morning? Do you have a burden to spend time in God's Word daily? But he says, The burden of the Word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. Now the word that you see there uh, for the Lord is all capitalized. It's the word Yahweh. And that's the name of God. And it recalls his covenant that it's God who keeps the covenant with his people. And so as Malachi is addressing the nation of Israel, we have to remember that when God speaks of the nation of Israel, it is a covenant, a relationship as a husband and a wife. Israel being the wife. 
In Jeremiah 31, 32, it says, Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the head, the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord in Isaiah 54, verse 5. For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name, and your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of, of the whole earth. And so as you think about this, what you have is you have 40 years that have separated from Nehemiah to where Malachi is. And what we'll look at as we dive into this book is you're going to look at a few things. One, marriage. You're going to be back into marriage. We'll be diving into that over the next couple of weeks. Tithing. Tithing, which, man, nobody likes to talk about it, right? It's like, oh, here we go. And then you have... Uh, a corrupt church and uh, an inept church and then you have the corrupt government and an inept government you deal with all those things in the book of Malachi right and and so when we look at that what we see is as a nation of Israel they had gotten 40 years away and within those 40 years they had already turned into ritual religious activity we're doing everything we're supposed to do we're good to go right i'm checking the box on sunday i was at church check i did it kind of where it's at but there was an unfaithfulness there was spiritual adultery that was happening with israel and that's what happens when we start chasing the wrong things in our own lives do we see that the church was inept during COVID? i believe it was i believe it was i you cannot tell me there's one person who sat in a room watching on a tv that had the fellowship that happens, the hellos, the, all the stuff, the prayer. You don't get that when you're by yourself. You don't. Was the church divided? Oh, yeah. Is the church still divided? Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. You have, you know, if you think about it, you have a church right now. You have a, a portion of the church that's cho chosen to follow progressive Christianity. They're choosing things that go against God's word, that go against the word of God. They're accepting them. And we knew this was all going to happen. It's in, when you read 2 Timothy, 1 Timothy, you know that during end times, these things would happen. Turn that off for me, please. Kurt, thank you. I get hit with that air right on me, and that starts drying me up. I appreciate it so much. Thank you. But that's what happens. We start doing that in our own lives. We start chasing those things that, that put us into spiritual adultery with our, our relationship with Christ. We start allowing things back into our lives that we should never allow, right? But Israel had already, it only taken 40 years. And Israel is a picture of your relationship with Christ because you do the same thing. You get in a, a certain mode of comfort with your relationship and next thing you know, boom. You're allowing things in your life you never thought you would allow. So he tells them, you know, behold, I send my messenger and he will, uh, you know, that's the thing about this book is, is understanding that as we study the word of God, there's, we study this portion of it and we understand that although they were unfaithful and sinful, God loved them. God loved them. And he says that in verse 2, I have loved you, says the Lord, yet you say, in what way have you loved us? 
In the New Living Translation, it reads this way. I have always loved you, says the Lord, but you retort, really? How have you loved us? That's how it reads. How have you loved us? His character is love. It's his attribute. In 1 John chapter 4, verses 18 through 19, there is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. In Romans chapter 5, verses 8 through 10, but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God saved, saves you, saved me. He loves us. We're his. He loves Israel. They are his nation. They are his people. And you go, but Israel has done all of this stuff. But God still loves them. Just like you've done all of this stuff. Now there's stuff that you got that's going on that nobody knows about. But God. Okay? Let's just take that for a moment. Because I, I can sit back and go, whoo. I'm not looking forward to that beam of seat of judgment when everything has to be played out. Because there's 22 years of a mess of a marriage before Christ and I'm sitting there thinking, man, I said some things I could not get back. They still haunt me to this day. But God loves me. And I'm covered by the blood of Christ. And nothing, you know, that we do that can cause him to love us more or less. And God, God's love is there for you. But sometimes what happens is we forget about God's love. We think that because we're going through something that we're being pushed through something as, as, a, as a church or as an individual that, man, God doesn't love me. Man, God loves Israel and God loves you. All I remember is that for, for God's love for Israel is that his love is unconditional. It's, nothing that, it's not based upon anything that Israel does. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 7 through 8, it says, The Lord did not set his love on you, nor chose you, because you were more in number than any other people. For you were at least of all people. But because the Lord loves you, and because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage, from the hand of Pharaoh and the king of Egypt. God's love, second, is, is God's love is sovereign. And bestowed upon Israel. In, he, in Hebrews chapter 11 verses 8 through 10. But by, uh, by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place from which he would receive it as, as an inheritance. And he went out. Not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of the promise as in, in a foreign country. Dwelling in the tents with the, uh, Isaac and Jacob. Uh, with uh, Isaac and Jacob the heirs with him. Of the same promise, for he waited for the city which has a foundation whose builder and maker is God. God's love for Israel is everlasting. In Jeremiah 31 verse 3, Long ago the Lord said, I have loved you, my people, with, with an everlasting love, with an unfailing love. I have drawn you to myself. And again, we read that scripture a little while ago that God's love for Israel is like a husband to a wife. And we'll learn more about that as we dive into Malachi chapter 2, verse 11. So God's love, but the answer is sad. How have you loved us? Sadly, what you'll see is, is throughout this book is there's going to be the answers to by the people. 
are very prideful. Very prideful. And I believe in times that, that we go through things, we can question God. And I don't have any problem with you questioning God. I have a problem when it becomes prideful. When you think, I've done this, and I, where are you at? I've been serving and doing all this stuff, but where are you at? None of that stuff, it doesn't, it doesn't make him love you more or less. And you go, well, I serve in children's ministry. That doesn't make him love you more or less. That's the wrong heart to be serving. See, when Malachi is given this, there are priests and Levitical priests that are not following. They are, are questioning and thinking, I've, we're doing everything that we're supposed to do. And we're seeing that in the world today when, uh, you know, as we look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5, having a form of godliness but denying this power, and from such people turn away. There are a lot of people that are playing religious observant activities, you know, and they, and they may... You can think about this. They're not that far removed from the Babylonian captivity. They're probably thinking, we just came out of slavery. You owe us. Uh, FYI, your sin put you in that slavery. It was your sin. See, that's the attitude that they have. And so that's the attitude that they're dealing with. It's, it's a very prideful, very religious attitude well that concludes today's broadcast of sun salt and light radio we hope that you enjoyed it if you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times you can do all of that at our website uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at spotify audible tune in radio pretty much wherever you can find a podcast uh, you, you can just type in sun salt and light and you'll find it 